Oh, there. Okay. <laughs> we can hear you. Oh, oh we got him on video, too. You know what? I will share in the fun. Give me one moment. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm in my room screen side. I want to see John's yeah. hair. I will in a moment. Oh, yeah. We're going to be – that's going to be a – that's going to be one of the points we talk about. Uh, <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, uh, Veronica. I, I got a cut last week. No! Oh, I was about to say. Uh-oh. Oh, no, I can late. see it. It looks, it looks good still. It's, it's oh, still okay. long, Veronica. It's still pretty long. Just okay, not good. Eric Carlson long. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I think we're ready. Okay. I'm Actually, ready. Start, start, yeah, right? So. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Let's do it. So, uh, John knows and knows how we do it. And the ladies do, too. So, five. Four. Four. Three, two, two and one. yes, one. Hello, world, in a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Okay, so, uh, wow, welcome back. Happy Hour listeners. My name is David OJ. I'm at MetalDave01 on Twitter.com. Um, and things are, well... The same as they've always been, almost. And we have uh, a guest to talk about some of the changes. Um, you know, he's on with us tonight. I can't put that sentence any better. Anyways, <laughs> I'm joined by Beth. Hello, I'm at H-I-V-E-R-H-U-I-T on Twitter.com. And Veronica. Yeah, I am at C-H-I-L-E underscore Pepper on Twitter. And we are the happy hour on... Uh, uh, at happy hour on twitter.com and we are joined as i said we are joined by a guest today you've seen him on uh tsn um you've uh, seen him interviewing players at intermission and you've <laughs> also seen him uh outside of brassard in recent yes. days <laughs> we have uh on the call with us john lou at john lou tsn mtl john how are you doing tonight I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on again. It's uh, it's really nice to to see some of you. Well, actually, just <laughs> on Skype because normally you've done these uh, by by phone in the past, but now that I've become much more versed in these video conferencing platforms, it's nice to be able to uh, s- well see half of half of the participants, including myself, in the little window. <laughs> I've um, so for myself and for any uh, people listening in. So we use Skype for everything. Zoom's the big application now, but right we started using Skype and we've been using Skype since the podcast started. And as for myself, I recently purchased a uh, brand new webcam, and apparently this webcam is one of the very few that does not work with Skype. Oh, so for no. anybody that's looking into a Logitech Brio, B-R-I-O, <laughs> and you want it for Skype calls, not your best option. Not uh, so I bet that it works with Zoom, though. I bet it does. I bet it does. <laughs> Honestly, I bet it does. But now the thing, though, John, I just noticed about your uh, video that it came to mind. You have yourself a green wall. Mm-hmm. <gasps> you could yeah. do like a background. Oh, well, I hadn't thought of that. I don't know if it's the right shade of green, though. I think uh, a oh, true think? green screen is kind of a shamrock or a Kelly green. Uh, mm-hmm. And that is... Oh, uh, the lighting is making it. It's pistachio. uh, Yeah, it looks pistachio, but it's actually uh, almost like a like a soft lime. To be honest with you, yeah, the lighting is changing the actual shade, but the the actual color is more of a lime. It's it's a great color. It is a great. Thank you. Yeah, it's a calming green. Nice. (laughs) Fantastic. And I'm Uh, not on camera because I I'm I I need to go and 
get like fixed up and everything before no, I, I get on camera. So <laughs> it's not going to happen. That is uh, Veronica's excuse, and it is a <laughs> poor one to say the least. It's hard to poor. say. Poor. Poor. I've been catching myself ever since Ashley corrected me. <laughs> people don't, if people aren't poor, they're poor. It's like, oh, oh poor. I've been saying it wrong for 30 years. All right. So, uh, <laughs> We've actually had some hockey news, super uplifting at the beginning of the week and then super not uplifting at the end of the week. Let's focus on the beginning of the week first. And John, you're at ground zero there in Brassard where where players are actually uh, able to hit the ice. What's the what's the environment there given uh, COVID and everything? Uh well, to be honest with you, Dave, uh, the media is not allowed on premises. And uh, when phase two was announced by the league, they sent out a 22 page document. Ooh. I printed it out um, and read it from front to back. Um, selfishly trying to figure out whether media would yeah. be allowed to. And I found about two thirds of the way through that media agents, um, chiropractors, Family members of players uh, are of general public are not allowed into practice facilities in any of the 24 NHL or play in and playoff cities. So we're not actually able to see firsthand what's going on. The Canadians release a little bit of video later in the day, but um, it's been the same five players since um, since they opened up the facility last week. And uh, so that's jo Jonathan Drouin, Paul Byron, uh, Laurent Dauphin, uh, Charles Udon and Mike McNiven. Um, and to our knowledge at this point, there aren't any immediate plans for more players to join them. I really get the sense that, um, the Canadians players will return on mass, uh, probably much closer to the projected training camp opening date of July 10th. Uh, because, uh, originally I thought that it would be near the end of June, but it seems that they may be exempted from the 14 day isolation uh, period that would be required coming into Quebec simply because part of the um, regimen for phase two is that players are getting tested every day. Like basically they submit their, they take their temperature when they get up in the mornings, they send that information to the trainer on site. And there's very few, it's a real skeleton crew that's at Broussard and really all the practice facilities um, across the league uh, where basically they're, only uh, a trainer, um, an equipment manager, a nurse uh, are basically the individuals that are allowed to be in proximity to the players who are actually at Broussard. So in addition to there only being five players, there's no coaches. Um, and so it's really like a ghost town in there. And they go on the ice, they do their skate, and uh, they go home. As far as I can tell, from what I gathered when we spoke to Jonathan Drouin last week, uh, it sounds like they're doing like kind of the minor hockey league thing where they come to the rink dressed and they don't shower at the facility afterwards. They they go home in their in their equipment or their their skivvies and, <laughs> and take care of the, the showering at home. So they're, they're spending very minimal time at the facility. And so it's uh, it's just from hearing the description of it and from reading the NHL's protocol on it. It's a very uh, surreal setup that's going on um but i think that it has to be done in this fashion because once training camp begins and you have 28 players in close proximity and coaching staff and a larger crew of support staff 
possibly media. We haven't found out yet if we're going to be allowed into the building for uh, for phase three yet either. So uh, it's like phase two is kind of um, it's it's cautious uh, and it's it's like a test balloon. They're they're moving forward in, in small increments as far as the procedures as to how to safely proceed. And as we saw last week, uh, it's not foolproof because mm-hmm. Tampa Bay Lightning shut mm-hmm. down their facility. But when you see what happened with the Lightning and then uh, Steve Simmons of the Toronto Sun breaking the news that that Austin <laughs> Matthews had tested positive for COVID or for the coronavirus. Um, well, you take a look at those two jurisdictions, Arizona and Florida, yeah. two of the worst in the in on the planet as far as uh, uh, case uh, case incidents. So it was surprising, but not surprising um, at the same time. Uh, and so uh, now that Quebec is really starting to get its house in order in terms of flattening the curve and lowering its numbers, I'm sure the Canadians are are taking every precaution necessary to ensure that nothing does mushroom at the facility. Mm-hmm especially as we get closer to the date of a potential training camp. For sure. Yeah, and it's uh, so unfortunate to hear uh, about the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and, of course, uh, Austin Matthews uh, for him as well. Uh, it's uh, So far, we haven't heard anything else from other teams having the same issue. But as you say, Florida and Arizona, it is a, you know, they're, I think a couple of the hot spots in the United States currently, Florida yeah, and Texas. Both now. Of them. Yeah, and I wouldn't Texas. be surprised if Dallas, uh, if the Stars have mm-hmm. a few uh, cases pop up there, simply because Texas, as you mentioned, Veronica, uh, Texas is one of the uh, uh, states that's really uh, ha- had a spike in cases in in the last couple of weeks too. So um, California, obviously, they won't have that problem with none of their teams in the mix. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, yeah, New York uh, seems to be uh, – well, Dave, you could speak more authoritatively on New York, but it seems like your state is starting to uh, uh, improve its numbers as well. Um, but in a dense metropolitan area like Manhattan with mm-hmm. the Rangers and the Islanders in the mix there, it's there's always the chance that something might happen, uh, uh, you know, right. uh, it, out in their neck of the woods, but hopefully not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, when it comes to New York, um, I was one of the people that would watch uh, the governor's briefings almost every day, uh, partially, number one, because I wanted to know what was going on. And, you know, Governor Cuomo seemed to really have a good, uh, you know, method to how to do um, the briefings. And number two, I'm also an employee for the state. So it, it behooved me to know what was going on as well, because anything that happens to the state can happen for work. Uh, numbers wise, uh, for you know, as, as they pertain to, to hockey, though, I mean, I think New York has something like maybe 1,100 hospitalizations and maybe 400 to 500 new cases per day, which compared, of course, to New York City, I mean, you're talking 10 million, 11 million people are crammed into the five boroughs down there. And having, uh, you know, people across the entire state test 500 to 600 positive cases overall that's definitely not as bad as it used to be you know just a month ago and i think yesterday they mentioned that just quote unquote just yeah. um 10 people had passed away yesterday when compared again to march we're talking hundreds of people mm-hmm. you know um so when it comes to flattening the curve you new york has really stepped up and you know the as the governor said, he has the phased reopening plan and New York has been following it. 
Memorial Day has come and passed. There hasn't been a been there has not been a big spike from that either. So uh, yeah, it will be really interesting to see how the Rangers and the Islanders uh, put themselves together for that. And uh, unfortunately, Buffalo is not involved. But you know, poor on mm-hmm. the Sabers, which uh, whew, what a interesting Man. week Oof. the Sabers have had as well. I completely forgot about those poor guys. Accident. I don't know if that was true. It was uh, a it, was. Yeah, a, an analyst from was another network mm-hmm. mentioned oh, no, it. It was like an I was like an IT specialist, I think. Yeah. They like fired him by and accident. They had to hire him back. <laughs> they had to hire him oh, back like I've... 20 minutes later. Well, <laughs> I, I, I've never met Jason Botterill, but uh, I feel bad for him because he's from my high school alma mater. So, oh wow! Yeah, oh, I have a connection with him. So uh, you know that... everybody. Sorry. I said, you know everybody. No, no, it's just one of those <laughs> random, random, random connections. Uh, yeah, and, and Jen Botterill as well. Um, more so through hockey dealings, but mm-hmm. I mean, he was alumnus there as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was unfortunate because the Botterills are really, really nice people, really good family, and so uh, yeah, it was it was upsetting to see uh, Jason Botterill uh, walk the plank. Uh, as it were, but um, you know, that mm-hmm. uh, seems like that franchise is really taking drastic cost-cutting measures. So in some ways, it wasn't really surprising that that's the route they took. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's just the the unfortunate of the times. Going back to COVID for just a second. Sorry, David. Yeah. I just have a no, question no, for John. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks ago, uh, uh, when we had Simon on with us, we were talking about how this whole thing was going to be managed uh, administratively um, from the NHL's right. point of view. I and guess. like news like, you know, Austin Matthews testing positive, uh, everything that's coming out of Texas right now, the governor appears to still be in denial about, you know, shutting down, even though the, the cases have more than doubled in, you know, every day. So I just wonder, I mean, obviously, especially players who are in the States right now in these affected States, like how are we going to keep COVID from crossing the border? Like, so now Austin Matthews is is presumably going to shelter in place for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I I, I just have concerns. Do you know anything about that? Uh, Just in terms of how the league plans to proceed with positive tests, uh, like, yeah. And, and, because they're not, uh, not quarantining when they cross the border. Right. Yeah. Because it seems uh, uh, that um, that Prime Minister Trudeau has indicated that uh, that that special exemption, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. uh, is likely going to be granted to teams <clears throat> coming into uh, a potential Canadian hub city. So you're absolutely right, Veronica. There would be that concern about uh, uh, if somebody, for instance, let's speak hypothetically, if a player or a staff member was asymptomatic. Um, yes. You know, if they crossed the border and the timing was such that um, they tested negative um, and then somehow brought a bought, brought the virus across the border, well, yeah, then there's that inherent risk, right? Because it seems that testing is not 100% foolproof because um, I'm only saying this anecdotally, but mm-hmm. heard of instances where People might have been tested in consecutive days, and it could be negative, negative, then positive within a very short time frame. So 
again, with a novel virus that is, we're learning more about it every single day, there's inherent risk. And so what the league is proposing is ambitious. It's risky. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, and how do they, um, how do they ensure that there's complete containment um, that if a player or a staff member that was part of uh, the entourage um, that's, mm-hmm. that's in a hub city, a Canadian hub city doesn't bring that virus uh, or that if they were positive, that that virus doesn't get out into the general population, right? That they don't, that they're not responsible for community spread. Um, the only thing I can say is that the league uh, don't, I don't know their specific protocol, but when they do move into a hub city for phase four, where they're actually beginning to play games, um, then it's going to be uh, a complete bubble that basically whatever measures, whatever protocols they plan to uh, to put into place would be designed to ensure that there wouldn't be community spread, that that somebody doesn't get uh, a go beyond whatever that designated bubble is going to be, whether it's uh, uh, hotels, the cluster of hotels, practice facility, uh, the venue itself where games are being played. Um, let's talk about Edmonton, for instance, because that was in the news today mm-hmm. about uh, mm-hmm. uh, just some of the... Um, uh, the features that they've laid out in their proposal, which would be available to family members of, uh, of players where they could go on tours of Banff or outlying areas, uh, that uh, a private golf course would be available to players on off days. You're expanding beyond uh, the actual yeah. the venue site where it's the practice facility, the hotels that are clustered around uh, the the or the Oilers Arena, uh, which would be hosting, uh, which would potentially be hosting games. So to me, it sounds like there's an awful lot of risk involved with that, where people would be out in, you know, <laughs> in in the tourist areas and out in the general. Yeah. So, yeah, I without knowing the the hard uh, the the hard details of those protocols, I can't speak with certainty, but I certainly have. Um, questions and yeah. yeah reservations about uh, just how foolproof how airtight this bubble can actually be because you're going to be talking about hundreds and hundreds of individuals coming from all parts of Europe and the United States and Canada families as well I'm not, I'm not talking about just the players but you know their expanded right. entourages as well so mm-hmm. um, yeah it's it, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether this this starts on time phase three training camp, whether it starts on time, July 10th, um, and phase four, August, the beginning of August, um, because um, there are a lot of things that can go wrong with um, the unpredictable nature um, of the uh, of the virus and just the way, it, uh, the way it behaves with certain individuals asymptomatically. Um, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so testing is going to be a key, no question. Um, and it seems like the the league's done its due diligence in that regard. That's uh, that they 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 say that they have their testing kits ready, that they're going to be administering them religiously. And uh, so hopefully that is the case, because I'd hate to see that get loose in the general population, especially because a hub city is presumably uh, um, experiencing low case incidents or would be. Um, um, less uh, less likely to be uh, placed in a vulnerable position. Mm. Um, For sure. 
could I get your, and we are not a Leafs podcast, but could I get your journalistic perspective on the releasing of Austin Matthews' name um, in the report that a player from the Maple Leafs had contracted the virus? Yeah, uh, there's, uh, there's, there's certainly um, a lot of nuance and layers to that, Beth, um, because from a journalistic standpoint, Steve Simmons didn't do anything wrong. Like he was, he was fully within his rights to report what he did. Um, he got the information and he, he didn't breach any privacy law. Mm-hmm. You know, there was, there was nothing that he did that was, that was illegal. Um, have no idea who his source was. If it was a healthcare provider, uh, a medical professional, mm. well, then that person probably breached yeah. their, you know, committed something that was outside the boundaries of uh, what would be considered ethically acceptable. But from Steve's standpoint, he didn't he didn't do anything wrong. Um, and I know he's been getting catching a lot of flack for it. And I don't know if that's um, uh, fans emotions that are um, reacting with uh, with umbrage, um, because if you were to take a look at it from the standpoint of um, uh, what's uh, what is acceptable from a journalistic standpoint, and what isn't um, again, Steve didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Having said that, though, um, there are media outlets who did not report or did not um, uh, did not forward pass on that information. My employer being one, and I believe Sportsnet didn't either. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that uh, the the um, the stance that we've taken is to respect privacy of yeah. players, individuals. Um, and when you see that other teams that have been uh, affected by vi- the virus, like the Ottawa Senators. Uh, San Jose Sharks, I believe, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. They haven't they haven't released the names of those players or staff members who contracted the virus, right? So, I mean, we're not going to go digging to try to find out who it was. Yeah. But um, I think that's uh, you know in this case, I I think too because Austin Matthews is one of the biggest names in the league, that just sort of put it on another level. I got gotcha. you. Right. It was, if it was somebody who was uh, a role player, a depth player, somebody who was not a star or a superstar, then I don't think there would have been the same level of reaction and certainly outrage in this case. Mm-hmm. But I think what has happened here has also um, uh, really caused the league to stand up and take notice about um, uh, perception, about what's uh, the course of action is, the big picture about the return to play, the whole initiative, because one of the biggest, when one of their biggest names comes down with the virus, then that's really going to catch a lot of attention. So um, um, I was really curious to see if in the ensuing days, like over the weekend and today, whether there was going to be news, any other teams saying that players or staff members have tested positive simply because now that phase two is uh, more than a week well, two weeks now, two weeks into uh, in, in, in progress, you'd think that that would be the time that's that that cases would be uh, popping up, especially since they're doing testing on a very regular basis. But mm-hmm. so far, it's a good sign that it's been confined to, you know, a very pretty small sample at this point. And that's a positive t- sign moving moving forward. But it's still a caution. It strikes a cautionary note, especially when we get to phase three and you have a lot more people in those facilities, mm-hmm. um, more people. In closer contact, in co- closer contact, uh, the proximity of actual drills on the ice, as opposed to just taking casual stick gates, that's going to um, uh, increase the the potential. I won't say likelihood, but the potential for the virus to be passed on if 
you know, again, mm-hmm. if the randomness of a player who tested negative somehow was positive and passed that virus on. But again, that's purely speculative. It's theoretical, but because this virus is so uh, unpredictable, there's yeah. always the uh, possibility of uh, something random like that happening. Awesome. Thank you. No problem. Oh, that was put very succinctly, actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard anyone else put it as well. <laughs> honestly, I'm not even, I'm not even, it's not hyperbole either. I figured, you know what? I figured one of you was going to ask me that. Because it did cause a stir for sure. So just off screen, John has like a whole placard of what to say. And it's, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, that's perfect. No, that's yeah. great. Um, one of the things, um, again, I work um, sometimes with sensitive information and with Austin Matthews, uh, you know, being in Arizona, it's a HIPAA thing. But as you say, a health provider providing that is a completely different um, ball game compared yeah. to uh, Mr. Simmons uh, doing the same thing, mm-hmm. despite um journalistic ethics and and what have you so all that makes sense understood glad i could clear that up (laughs) thank you um so something you touched on super briefly and uh it kind of no no uh, pierre lebron had mentioned uh today that the hub city list is getting narrowed down little by little and we may get news on the hub cities quote-unquote soon I think he mentioned in particular that Vegas, Vancouver, Edmonton, Toronto, and a couple others are still on, uh, you know, st- they're on the short list now. Shortlist. And uh, so it's all, so with that being the case, it seems that Canada may be a better, uh, may be one of the preferred options as opposed to uh, the States for probably obvious reasons, given how COVID is spreading. Um, I'm a bit surprised Yet at the same time, not surprised. Take that as you will. That Vegas is still on the list. I'm given, surprised. I'm surprised. Given, <laughs> well, <laughs> reason I'm surprised, America. I'm surprised. Well, reason yeah, I'm, I'm not surprised, surprised Vegas, it, because it's such, it's like the hub. But you know, it's yeah. I forget mm-hmm. the expression for it, but um, it, it's a tourist trap. You know, so of course people are going to go there once it's things a petri are dish. up, and <laughs> it's also a petri dish yeah. because we've been seeing for weeks now, I think, of people going to Vegas, and sure they have uh, glass panels across <laughs> the uh, yeah. you know the, the the card tables, <laughs> but I mean nobody's wearing masks, nobody's social distancing. It's such a it's a bit of a shock uh, watching people carry on as they are. So Nevada might be, who knows, another two weeks might be another spot uh, of contention. Mm-hmm. So Vegas making its making LeBron's list. I was reading, just kind of uh, going through his article there, and I was uh, just curious to see what your takes are on the uh, hub cities so far. Uh, yeah, Vegas has been in the mix and been in conversation for a real long time as one of the favorites. Mm-hmm. And the reason being um, with Vegas the, the 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 Golden Knights Arena is near the south end of the Strip, and directly east to it is um, I think it's I can't remember the name of the resort, but I, it, New York, New York. Um, it's the mm. one with the with the the uh, simulated New York skyline. Um, yes. Okay, so that one is just literally 
um, a block away from from the uh, from the Vegas from the from the Golden Knights home arena. And so basically, I believe I don't know how big that resort is, but if Vegas was going to be a hub city, I believe that what would happen there is that uh, the NHL would secure an entire resort or resorts more than one if necessary depending on how many how many rooms would be available so let's say for instance new york new york if i'm getting the name correctly or correct um is uh a, the resort that they would target well you you could have uh, a completely controlled environment around that block that basically it would be barricaded uh probably have security patrolling the uh the edge of the barricades and players could literally walk or take a shuttle from the front doors of that resort straight west one block two blocks to the entrance of 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 the arena so within the arena you'd probably have excuse me the resort uh, they would have a casino because all the resorts do uh they would have a pool they would have shopping they would have all sorts of amusements and amenities that would uh make it a little bit like a self-contained town and uh as a result i think that they probably could really make that that particular environment a bubble as they would intend and then anybody that's not supposed to be in there likely would not get in that security would be super tight um the problem with uh nevada uh according to pierre lebrun's article is that uh, if I read it correctly, or if I remember correctly, I think he said that cases in Nevada are starting to trend upward. And if that's the case, well, then that might remove Vegas from the mix if it gets a little bit too serious, in which case he said Chicago would possibly be in the mix. But the problem with Chicago is that there are no hotels around the United Center. Um, it's uh, uh, sort of in a, a neighborhood that's, um, I forget the direction, I think it's west. Of, uh, of the Magnificent Mile where there's a huge cluster of large hotels. And so uh, trying to create a bubble there would be a little bit more problematic. Um, so really when you boil it down and, and slice it, dice it, it seems like, again, what, uh, what Pierre was reporting, that Edmonton and Vancouver seem to have very good proposals, um, two jurisdictions that uh, have low case incidents right now that they've flattened the curve. And um, so they they I can't see two Canadian cities being the hub cities. Uh, I, I just don't see that happening. Um, but uh, it's certainly food for thought, because if you're thinking, well, if if the league has to proceed with caution and they've identified eight cities, five American, three Canadian, that would be uh, suitable candidates. Well, then, mm. you know, uh, there is. There, I suppose there's a remote possibility that two Canadian cities could be in the mix. Um, um, sorry, go ahead, Beth. No, but I thought I, Veronica posted the other day either like the the mayor of Vancouver or I don't know which one you have, Veronica, a PM or the premier, a, the premier of Alberta. Of Al- oh, it was all about Alberta, not of British Columbia, about like not letting people in because you're healthy. Oh, I don't remember. No, no, no. Um, I don't remember posting anything about that. I thought you were oh. talking about Premier Jason Kenney's appeal to the to the NHL to have them oh. to for Edmonton to be a hub city. But 
uh, oh, yeah. no, it was a it was a lady that said something like we're not letting anybody in oh. because we're healthy. Right. But I, I have know. no memory of this. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But um, I, I hope it wasn't Dr. Bonnie Henry because she is just so sweet. She's just as sweet as pie. Um, well, I'll be right back. Okay. Um, oh, not so, my messy room. Yes. It, it, I can see under all of these restrictions and in a playoff scenario and with Hub Cities um, that a playoff scenario is is feasible but with the way cases are going now in the states and with there's sort of being no kind of um set like national federal strategy uh to combat the virus i really i'm i'm sort of worried we might not get a a regular season this year because players will not be that border is not going to open no, anytime soon. Yeah, yeah, that's well, a very valid point, Veronica. Um, because uh, uh, if the virus um, prevents the NHL from moving into phase three, or if it delays phase three, or or or, or kills the opportunity for phase four to proceed, well, then basically the next the regular season is going to be um, is going to be put on on. Um, it'll be a waiting game. Um, because yeah. you're talking that now we're not talking about two hub cities. We're talking mm-hmm. all 31 NHL cities, yeah. right? And so, uh, w- and then with air travel, yeah. you know, um, granted teams travel by charters or, uh, you know, dedicated, uh, airlines. And so they aren't flying in commercial and coach with mm-hmm. the rest of us, normal people, that's, <laughs> you know, that's, that would have, a much higher risk of, That's true. Uh, in, in terms of air travel, but just logistically, there's going to be a whole other kettle of fish that'll come into that that has to be considered um, for a full-blown regular season. Like, just ignore the fact that they're saying it'll probably be played in front of empty buildings for the time being. Certainly, these the the, the play-in and playoffs this summer, yeah. if they play it, they'll be in empty buildings. But regular season. It's going to depend uh, on where the virus is at. If if uh, uh, conditions uh, league-wide permit it, um, will there be people allowed in the buildings? Will fans be allowed in the buildings? So uh, it really is problematic because all 31 all 31 teams or cities rather are mm-hmm. at different stages of uh, of flattening the curve or. <laughs> or the curve is accelerating. Yes. You know, depending on which uh, which state we're talking about. So uh, yeah, there's I. It's just so impossible to predict right now because yeah. um, now we uh, uh, people are talking about oh well phase two. Um, you know we have to be ready for phase two or if not phase two for a second wave. Sorry, second yes. wave of virus. Well, the fact of the matter is that. In certain parts of, uh, of of the states, especially, it's like they're still in phase one. Yeah. Because it seems that they've prematurely opened up the economy and facilities and public spaces um, to too large a degree um, without the proper safeguards. They didn't have the proper safeguards in the first place, and they're still not enforcing it. Right. So yeah, that's my concern. Yeah. It's just, just, yeah. It's, it's extending the first wave. Basically. Yes. 
Yes, and then we're going to go into the next flu season. Anyway, there's so I don't want to be an alarmist, but um, that's that's what kind of worries me. And I was uh, just kind of as an as an aside, considering how um, you know, luckily here in British Columbia, not only were we like it was mostly constrained, tragically, to seniors' uh, homes um, and a couple, a few sort of meatpacking plants but the mortality rate for whatever reason the doctors haven't been able to explain but the mortality rate is extremely low i think it's the lowest in the world for um patients affected by the coronavirus but um anyway i saw today and i i shared it on twitter that american tourists are coming across saying that they're on their way to Alaska. Right. Yeah, that was in Banff. Um, yes. And, um, yeah, I, I read a headline today, too, or, um, that I think it was RCMP have yes. issued tickets to um, – they've caught some American tourists that have uh, that were probably yes. doing the same thing, right? So, yeah, um, that's uh, – That's – I don't want to use the adjective just... that I <laughs> – that I'd really like to, um, but uh, it's just incredibly irresponsible. We're all friends here. <laughs> no, well, for your audience's sake, I don't, you know, I don't want to use the words. Well, you're you're very kind considering some of our other episodes. Yes. <laughs> we we've had things to say about certain people, yeah. individuals, or groups of people. Yeah, it's such what a well. Now I know all I have to do if I got to get to Montreal, I just have to make one heck of a you know detour. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh my God! Do That's, we know uh, anyone I, in Alaska? Do you have any listeners in Alaska? Please. I um. Oh, we can look that up. I used to oh, have sure. a roommate from Alaska. Very odd fellow. Is that lived in, lived on a, No, his name. Oh wow, oh. what was his name? Oh, oh my lord. David. I know. It just in one year out the other, he lived with me for two years. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan, there it is. Oh, Keegan. oh that yeah. guy. Keegan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oof. With the nice girlfriend. Yes, yes, yes. That's uh, yep. Uh, There's a lot of that... great people from Alaska. Scott Gomez. Nate yeah. Thompson. Nate Thompson. Definitely evens out the Keegan. He's from yep. Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's incredible. I I didn't know. I actually I heard about the article, but I didn't know that they were claiming to be uh people on their way to Alaska. I'm that's actually kind of surprised. Ca- that's how they get in. I'm surprised they were even let through in the first place. Well, yeah. that's how they get in. Yeah. They're going to allow the, 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 it's still quite a drive. They're charged with, yes, they're charged Good with, word. um, you know, not leaving their vehicle, not staying in hotels, not doing like they're, they're trusted to not do any of these things, which is right. why they're being given tickets because they're out just sightseeing and Banff. That's terrible. <laughs> Instead of just heading straight to Alaska, just go to so Alaska, it's just—it's obviously just an excuse. Mm-hmm. Man, from Washington to Alaska, my word, that's like a—that's a long drive. That's a hike, hike. That's it's like a ten long hours. Drive. Uh, Robbie and I last summer we did a, and we're gonna do it again this summer, but we're gonna go mm. farther north this time. We went, we drove twelve hours north. And I was like, wow, we're so north. And you look at the map and we're not even in the middle of BC yet. 
Like, oh my God. it's a long, it's a tall province. Oh, yeah. 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 Jeez. You get used to it, though, um, because uh, my uh, my wife and I have a home in, in Nova Scotia on uh, on the Bay of Fundy Shore, and it's about 11 hours. Um, man, oh, man. Going straight east, about 11 hours, between 11 and 12, depending on how many stops we have to make, uh, depending on what, uh, if, uh, you know, if, if Mindy is with one of us. <laughs> Or both of us, and we have to stop for uh, for pee breaks, or yeah, um, yeah. So uh, it's it's um, the drive 11, 12 hours. It's a uh, it once you're accustomed to it. It's um, especially if you have nice scenery. It's uh, it's not so bad. Yeah, so and yeah. good company. We we love road trips because uh, we still get along. It's almost been ten <laughs> years now. So touch wood. Um, but yeah, no, I love road trips. I love road trips. You're right. The the people do make it. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of my longest road trips. And unfortunately, Western New York is uh, not much uh, something for sightseeing. It's very flat <laughs> from Albany to I think the longest drives I've taken. One was from Albany to Toronto. And that's a that's a solid eight ish hours if you're going straight without all that many breaks. And actually, John, you'll appreciate this because I went there to catch Iron Maiden during their uh-huh. OzFest tour in nice. 2005 or six or something like that. Awesome. I think Mast, I think Mastodon was opening for them oh, yeah? for that particular tour. Yeah, I know it was something else. And I went to the show, and then I drove all the way back the same night. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was a terrible That's dedication. Terrible. <laughs> it, it's a whole other story, but yeah, it was because. Um, I remember going, I went, cause I went to the Oz Fest and they were opening for Ozzy and I'm like, you can't watch like a 45 minute hour Iron Maiden show. No, that, that's not a, that's not a full show. So no. uh, <laughs> they did their own separate show in Toronto and I went to that as well. Mm. I had to. The other time was from Albany to, oh crap, I'm going to get this wrong. It's in Ohio, but it's not the, it's not the Cleveland. Paris, Ohio. Bowling no, no, no. Green. No, no, not that either. Um, I'm out. Columbus. Oh, Columbus. Is that, is that Columbus. what Columbus one of the AHL teams are? Is that the are? Paris of Ohio? Mm. That we talked Columbus about Blue with? Jackets, Cleveland. Ah, uh, no, Cleveland. Is the it Cleveland Brian Monsters? Luther, the one that right. told us? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah we've got to. We've got to get. Ask him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one podcast when Brian when Brian said, "Yeah, Columbus is the Paris of Ohio." <laughs> <laughs> That's where he was when we were talking to him. That's right. That's right. So, but that particular trip, Albany to Ohio, just what a, what a slog. It was terrible. Was it winter time? It was like April. So April in the United States is not that fun. Kind of lame here. I'll have to try the the drive to Northern British Columbia and see how much better it is. I'm sure it's a lot more stimulating. Yeah, just say you're going to Alaska. I want to go to BC. <laughs> and also okay. some water. Okay. Okay. I've driven across the country before. I mean, not personally, but I've been in the car while it happened. I was nice. four. So I like it when I'm alone too, because then you just put on the podcast. Yeah. Or you can and like have you can perform an entire musical on your own. Oh my god. It's so Last, fun. <laughs> this um winter. 
I drove up to Ashcroft. It's a three and a half hour drive. I um, loaded up a bunch of music on my Spotify, like music that I can sing. Yeah. And I drove oh, God. up to Ashcroft <laughs> and I sang at the top of my lungs for That's the entire so drive. And by the time I got there, Robbie's like, what's wrong with you? Like my voice <laughs> was gone. And I was like, I was singing, I had like Doobie Brothers and then I like to like, I, I like to kind of go into like Adam Sandler when I'm singing because it's more fun, right? <laughs> so you're it's like, taking it to the street, I'm not blind, but I don't like what I think I see. Like um, Adam Sandler. <laughs> I know exactly the face he's making when, when you I did don't that too. Like what I think I see. And yeah, Never. and I was just, I did that at the top of my lens for three and a half hours. And it was a wonderful experience. It, I felt like I was refreshed at the end of it. I mean, I did that when I was, the time I was in two weddings in three days, but I just was trying to keep myself awake. <laughs> I've had one of the, I've had one of those weekends. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Weren't you, in, weren't you a fish wedding before? Me, yeah, remember I was in a wedding in South Carolina and then a wedding in Western Virginia, and then I had to come back home so I could be at work to work a double shift. Wow. I didn't do yeah. that, but. But did, weren't you like officiating a wedding right before we went to Montreal? Yeah. Right after. Oh, right after. Was it, wasn't it? Was it? That's why. No. I no, don't recall was... when my friend was married. I married him. <laughs> Person that you married. <laughs> Are you going to marry Kate? <gasps> yeah, her, are you gonna make Kate and Becca? Uh, you should. Oh, I Maybe should. they're hearing I'll, it here should. for the first time. That... I will. I will offer my services. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, I just realized something. There's a Habs thing on my mind. I wanted to get. Okay. Uh, yes, we are oh, yes. a Habs podcast. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about long road trips. I mean, they're great. Everybody, try them. Do not try it in Western New York. <clears throat> uh, drive to Nova Scotia and uh, British Columbia are great. We got that down pat. <laughs> easier without dogs so uh, another <laughs> thing that came up um just recently was that we have our <laughs> expiring contracts are being extended for foreign nationals uh so with some news like that and i'm sorry if i'm throwing you if i'm putting you on the spot john do you know off the top of your head how something like that would affect say alexander romanov or is he a player that this sort of uh, situation wouldn't uh, touch? Uh, to be honest with you, Dave, that's the first time I'm hearing about, I was wondering about that, what was going to happen, because June 30th obviously would be normally the uh, expiration of any uh, of the contract year. Um, but with Romanov specifically, it still seems undetermined as to exactly when his contract will kick in. Because the league originally, when the Canadians agreed to terms, um, basically they had said that his players in his situation, their contracts would not start until the commencement of the 2021 season. But last we heard, the, the league was still knocking about the possibility that players in that situation might be able to participate in the play-in and playoffs. So we haven't – I have not heard um, whether there's been resolution of that particular um, – um, the treatment of those contracts. So in, in, the, in Romanov's case, it seems like he's probably still in limbo 
you know, um, expecting to start playing this coming season, but sitting and waiting and hoping that he might be able to play um, come August if uh, if the league uh, deems that acceptable or not. But as far as uh, are you talking about um, um, players who are UFAs that would have been UFAs as of July 1st who are foreign national players as well? Are you talking like current NHL uh, players on current NHL rosters? Yeah, actually, I think I, I got uh, some terms mixed up in my head. So uh, contracts that are expiring on June mm-hmm. 30th are being moved to uh, a date in October, I believe, October 30th. Yeah, so from June 30 to October 30. And that's mm-hmm. quite a thing if uh, players' contracts aren't expiring. That kind of throws a lot of questions about how are we how is a team going to determine uh whether or not to renew a contract uh because they have so many more months to think about it the playoffs may or may not uh play a factor in that and it's a it's a really extraordinary situation in you know uh the legality of the contracts um not saying that that's that's the case but just uh but just trying to navigate this world where, hey, this year contracts have an extra few months and then figuring out from there. And another thing that this gets me thinking about, not to word salad it, but the cap in general, are we going to see more than likely a stagnant cap or perhaps the salary cap goes down mm-hmm. because yeah. of loss of revenue? Right. Yeah. Oh, I would have to think that it's that's that 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 would be the case, that it would be flat. Or, uh, or or it actually would lower, um, in which case um, uh, GMs are going to have to really get creative. Um, uh, that period that you're talking about, if um, if the expiration of the contract year goes to October 31st, um, and the, the league would potentially start its season in December, well, yeah, GMs are going to have to move awfully quickly. They're going to have to figure out what they want to do with their rosters. In a very short time frame, um, I'd like to say that this that they'll only ever have to deal with this once. That this year is going to be absolutely extraordinary and unprecedented. But I don't mean to be pessimistic about it. But I don't believe this is the last the last time that we're going to deal with a pandemic of this nature in our lifetimes. You know, um, mm-hmm. I just hope that we, as a global population, will be better prepared to deal with it. Next time around, hopefully having from learned, hopefully, hopefully from having learned from this experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, uh, yeah, as far as um, the treatment of contracts concerned and and uh, the the announcement of the cap, I think it's it's going to happen in a very short time frame. So it's going to we have the potential for absolute chaos or a lot of fun, really, <laughs> observing how that's going to unfold um, uh, come fall of 2020, I suppose. Right. Because uh, the other scenario, though, is that um, if, let's say, the league uh, decides that they they can't proceed with a phase four, that they that they've already scrapped the regular season and that they have to basically bite the bullet and 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 declare that there will be no Stanley Cup awarded this year either. Well, then that potentially saves them a little bit of time. Right. That's. um that there would be a little bit of um, a cushion uh, sometime in in late summer, early fall, uh, not necessarily October 31st, 
where teams could uh, have a little bit of time to play with in terms of assessing their rosters and working on um, uh, what they want to do for free agency. Um, because then you have your entry-level contracts too, like Romanov, for instance, um, and fresh crop of draft choices too. Um, they could sign an entry-level contract, but what if there's only a partial 2021 season or no season at all, you know? Um, just harking back to the scenario that, uh, that Veronica presented earlier. Um, what happens to their contracts in that case too? Do they burn a year of an entry-level deal, mm-hmm. right? So there's just so right. many things, so many different, uh, so many, so many nuances to consider that we don't have answers for simply because we're nobody is working on their own schedule or timeline. The the virus is dictating it, and it's moving yeah. at its own pace, and not pre- in in a predictive manner either. So, yeah, we could have, we could be having the same conversation a month or two months from now, and might be no further ahead. <laughs> Hopefully that's not the case, but it's that's entirely a possibility. Yeah, absolutely. I was just doing a quick run through a cap friendly and uh, seeing if any teams were in trouble in that regard, because I, and from the teams I've seen, uh, it doesn't seem like any players are uh, uh, are in danger of having their contract uh, end uh, come June. Well, now October, unless I was reading something wrong. In particular for the Habs, I don't see that happening for any of the players. All, all players have contracts going until 2021. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as well, you said, who knows? Well, next summer is the big one with their whole yeah. line and Jeff Petrie. And can you oh, imagine yeah. if, if they were coming due this year or if the pandemic hit in 2021? A year later. It's yeah. Like, well, yeah. And I mean, I don't want to say, make it sound, I don't want to sound selfish about it, but certainly uh, the implications. Um, with respect to the Canadians and their roster decisions would be, uh, well, Mark Bergevin is completely gray already. I don't think his hair could yeah. go grayer. <laughs> it's going to start uh, falling out now. <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, well, hey, hopefully this doesn't drag into next summer because that would be, oh. uh, well, you know, not a scenario we would want to want to consider or have to, to live with, right? No. Certainly not. And we've mentioned before on this podcast about how, you know, uh, setting aside, obviously, the concerns that we have about spreading the virus and doing all of that stuff and doing all of this during a pandemic, it would be really like there is one thing that I would really look forward to during these playoffs, and that's no crowd noise. It's just player mm-hmm. skating and all of that stuff and mm-hmm. having that kind of experience of annoying. watching these guys. Yeah, just ice and skates. Yes. And yeah, yelling at each other, swearing at each other. Yeah, That's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That could bring in some viewers. That, yeah. That could be a way to grow the game in the yeah. States. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be in favor of um, of uh crowd noise being piped in or, um, no. or music being played during the course of play like the NBA does. Um, no, I'd, I'd rather just hear pure rink noise. Yes. yes. Commentators on the broadcast. But, um, uh, yeah, it would be uh, it would be an interesting way to watch it. I've been watching uh, bits and pieces of the two PGA Tour events since they restarted. And it is a little bit bizarre to see the players in such quiet conditions. 
you know, that you might have fans that are on the periphery of the course. Maybe they have homes uh, mm-hmm. near the perimeter of the golf courses. So you hear some some hoot, hooting and hollering from a distance, but they're not on the course. And so mm-hmm. um, I think in an arena, <laughs> the only people you would hear would probably be um, um, staff empl- or employees, team employees who would be yeah. in the building, like in the bowl itself. That's probably about the only cheering that you would hear. Um, so yeah, it'd be uh, fascinating cool. to watch if, yeah. if big if they if. Uh, mm-hmm. they managed to get off the, the ground in August. I was just having a chuckle thinking of guys just getting a lawn chair, putting it on the roof, and then just <laughs> <laughs> have yeah, at it, guys. Good. Swing that ball. Good luck. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> yeah. Um. One of the you know talking about a. Coronavirus. One of the things about reopening for New York is that the PGAs they're in New York, aren't they? Uh, sorry, PGA Tour Central. You mean the the offices for PGA Tour? Well, no, I mean where they're actually playing. Oh, um, the event that they just finished was in, um, uh, I think North Carolina. Oh, um, yeah, way off. yeah. The, this 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 weekend <laughs> passed. Uh, North Carolina, and uh, I forget where the uh, where the event was last week, but um, yeah, they, they've they've had to rejig their their schedule as well, and so they're um, they're in they're in locations that they wouldn't normally be because a lot of the uh, the tour stops go back to the same places year after year, and uh, so playing in North Carolina in late June, uh, I think it was pretty uh, pretty muggy there. <laughs> Oh, we were I talking bet. about that, cool. uh, today, yeah. Some of my buddies and I, uh, my golf buddies and I, that's, uh, uh, yeah, like that. The PGA Tour, tour tour players, they have to wear pants on uh, in in events. They they can't wear shorts. And we thought, ah, oh, you know, like. <laughs> it's just well, if I already wasn't going to play golf, no. oh. <laughs> that would put me right out. Yeah, well, they're mandated to. That's just mm. the that's their dress code, and uh, you know, like. When you're playing uh, in the uh, the humidex that you would experience in certain parts of the United States at this time of year, it's like, oh man, that's just yeah, yeah. That's I uh, have lived in soup before. That is mm-hmm. not a good time. Mm-hmm. No. Was it um, Monsieur Lacroix at one of the events? I know, I saw him tweeting about it. I don't know if he was there. Oh, yeah, I he saw was, him tweeting um, about. I'm just actually looking at that. He was at the Heritage Classic, RBC Heritage Classic. I yep. don't know where is that in Canada. That's the one. That's nope. That was the one that RBC sponsors it. But no, that's the one that they just played that finished yesterday. And uh, oh, okay, North okay, okay, okay. How did he get there? <laughs> he must. <laughs> it's 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 Michel Lacroix. He has it's his Michel way. Lacroix. <laughs> <laughs> he has his ways. He does. <laughs> He, I don't know, maybe he was deemed an essential service or he uh, essential employee or he yeah. charmed his, he charmed his way through. I don't know. <laughs> well, that's the thing is that the going to the States, there's more leniency oh, yes. um, as opposed to coming into Canada. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, just nice. to say he's going to Alaska on his way back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm going yeah. to Alaska. I'm taking the real long, circuitous route. He, him <laughs> and um, Kashmir. Yep. On their way. Right. His <laughs> dog's name is Kashmir. Sorry, his his dog's name is Kashmir. Yes. Yeah. Like or, the... And you know why he's named Kashmir? Um. I, well, I I would think either the the wool, the toilet yeah. paper, or the city. 
Oh man. It's it's because of the Led Zeppelin song. Oh yeah. well, that's the one I was referring to. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> he named it after so it's spelled with the K, Cashmere. Yeah. K, that's right. Yeah. Opposed to Cashmere the Wool. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I did not know that that uh, Michelle's a classic rock fan. Isn't so. that yeah, Isn't we gleaned that, that in one of our Yes, it I was think one of the it was one of the Cashmere best barking? things to hear. <laughs> or something. Honestly, when we had that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. <laughs> He's such He's a cool person. He is a multifaceted man. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. So so we talk about Brian, we talk about Michelle, yeah. talking to John. <laughs> we talked about Simon here. too. And yeah, Simon. Simon. <laughs> the funny thing about Simon, and I gotta, I gotta mention that about Mr. Salicus there. Um, he, I think he was like in his garage, yeah, like having a basement. drink, and just, <laughs> I just, oh, no. he opened, he opens up saying like, I'm just sitting in my garage, watching my kid bike down the road. How are you guys doing? Wait, yeah. was that Simon or was that Sean? I'm pretty it sure was that was Simon. Simon. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. I remember the, I remember oh, the, yeah. the, the, the timbre of his voice. I was like, oh. all right. Oh no, He's Sean was in time. the basement. Okay, sorry. Nah, way to out the guy. Yeah. Maybe he has a really nice <laughs> basement. I don't know. <laughs> uh so we all have nice basements. And John is in his green room. His green yes. room. <laughs> Very proper. <laughs> <laughs> so uh okay, so we're coming down to the end of our time, unfortunately. Um, let's see, do we have any parting questions for Mr. Lou? How are Mrs. Lou and Mindy? They are in Nova Scotia right now. Um, for the past, this is the third summer now. Um, that's uh, my wife uh, has spent out in Nova Scotia at our home, out on the Bay of Fundy, uh, with Mindy. And uh, so Mindy lives her best life out there because uh, <laughs> wow, yeah, well, it's uh, wide open spaces, fresh mm. air. Although she doesn't like the beach, which is unfortunate. Um, but uh, my my in-laws live just up the drive behind us, and so Mindy loves to go see her nan and gramps every day. <laughs> and uh, yeah, she uh, she just loves it out there. And um, our home out there was uh, my uh, my father-in-law grew up in the home and, in that house, and so uh, it's about 76, 77 years old. Oh wow! Uh, his dad built it, but it was a real fixer-upper. And so my wife, who's very handy with uh, DIY projects that's basically been yeah she's been working on that for um for the better part of the uh, the last three years especially during the summers and uh so yeah they are they are out there for the summer and uh I'm back here in anticipation of things getting busier um with the NHL hopefully with the CFL getting training camps Mm -hmm. around Mm -hmm. in August September um, or well August because they hope to start up in September but it's not looking very uh, promising for the CFL right now um, mm. so yeah I'm I'm waiting to get busy here um, but uh, but wife and, and dog are doing very well out east thank you very much thank you for asking huh? yeah of course I love I, I live to see Mindy on my timeline yes <laughs> <laughs> And on the Instagram. I think I posted a couple of pics because I was in New Nova Scotia for um, for uh, a week, going back about a week and a half. Went to uh, spend time with uh, with my wife and uh, Mindy was with me here in Quebec. My my wife went to our our Nova Scotia home on May long weekend, and so Mindy stayed with me for a couple of weeks, and then we both went out there and 
and spent a week out east and I left Mindy there. So uh yeah. 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 I saw oh your your mask. I love oh, it. Yeah. Thank you. The dog dad dog. dog. dad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's cute. I have to go look that up. They're fun. They're fun. Yeah. They're, that, well, you know what? If you have to wear a mask, you might as well make it fun. fun. Oh, yeah. 100%. Or, or whatever you want to make it, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Without a doubt. Um, yeah, speaking of masks, I got uh, uh, the NHL put together like packs, like a pack of three for each team. I picked that up for the Habs, and mm-hmm. it's the most comfortable mask I've ever worn, honestly. Well, good. Because I actually have, like, now I think I have at least a half dozen masks. The one from Tricolor is, like, one of those pull string ones. And that's not quite, I don't know, it feels like I'm wearing a trash bag on my face. (laughs) And, uh, because it's so big. And then um, I have one that has a fancy filter um, that's uh, more for uh, pollution and whatnot with a little pinch on your nose. And I think I I have one of the surgical ones and then just a regular black uh, cloth one I got from Etsy, which is also good. But my question for you, John, mm-hmm. completely not related to this, uh, <laughs> are you, let's see, are you working on any other uh, drum videos? Are you practicing any song in particular? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. You know what? My uh, my buddy, um, he, we've been going back and forth. I'll, for your, for your listeners, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll sort of give you the, uh, the, the, the synopsis that's uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, I, I posted a video on Twitter playing uh playing the drums i've played the drums since i was in high school and uh i I played i was playing aussies uh over the mountain and i posted it on twitter and this random fellow tweeted back at me says hey you know like let's have a friendly drum off back and forth you know just for just for kicks and i didn't know this guy and then friend of mine the uh, wife of my metal guitarist friend that i jam with from time to time uh, uh she said oh you know what? She messaged me and said, this guy's legitimate. He plays drums in my band. So it's like, please engage him. <laughs> and so I thought, okay, sure. And so since the beginning of May, we've been going back and forth with, um, with uh, you know, songs. Basically, we make requests of each other. And so um, uh, the last one that he did was YYZ. Uh, Ooh. Oh, yeah. that's no, like, hard. Hitting. Well, he's Hello. a professional. See, this thing okay. is, I, I am so not in his league. And so he tends to give me easier songs. But, uh, you know, I, I know that I can challenge him. And and so I had him do YYZ. Uh, I also asked him to do uh, uh, a, a Motorhead's Ace of Spades. He did a really good Ooh, job with that. Nice. Uh, Delivering the Goods by Judas Priest. It's Ooh, like no. Priest fans. It's, it's a, you know, it's a staple, but it's a little more obscure. Um I'm trying to remember what else he did. Uh, everything he does is just fantastic. And I have uh, Kid Envy, too, because he has a mm. fantastic rig, um, way better than mine. And uh, <laughs> so I'm thinking about getting a new one. But um, <laughs> yeah, so the, the next one that I'm supposed to do, I I was supposed to do it before I went on vacation in Nova Scotia. So I owe him this song. I'll do it this week for sure. Um, it's uh, a paranoid, uh, Black Sabbath's Ooh. paranoid. Oh. but he, he you know he takes it easy on me that's an easy <laughs> song to play you know um so yeah he he hasn't really thrown a, a super difficult one at me and you know although he did have asked me to do an iron maiden song uh two minutes to midnight 
So that one was that one was fairly challenging, but uh, yeah, yep. play though. What a fun way to learn. That's that awesome. is really fun. Yeah, it's been a blast, and uh, yeah. Um, so as long as we're still in this pandemic, he and I are going to keep that going, and at some point, uh, we'll jam at our my our our, our mutual friend's place out in uh, uh, way west, um, in the west of the Montreal uh, metropolitan okay. area, sort of uh, just south of uh, of, uh, of West Island. Oh, cool. Hey. That's awesome. All right, my answer, my question has been answered. Thank you. Sorry, it was like a very that. long answer. No, 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 no. There was a lot of context to it, though. No, that yeah. was uh, that was really cool. No, I um, I like right now I'm recording from um a studio that I kind of whipped together during the pandemic. Bought new equipment, computer, audio interfaces, and for me, I'm a guitar person. So seeing you doing the drum stuff made me think I gotta start getting something uh, together again. I had an extra room in the apartment and yeah. that's what I'm doing. So I'm still, I still have to get like little annoying things. I have to, I tested all my cables. All my cables are crap. I had to clean and get a lot of TLC to all my guitars and basses. So I'm uh, slowly but surely I'll be able to put something together sometime soon. Oh, well we should, uh, we should do a yes. Zoom or a Skype jam. Dave. Oh boy. You should I live stream it. Live stream it. That would be a, technical nightmare but possible <laughs> he'll it be it very out. interesting to work i believe on, in you david yeah we out. believe in you <laughs> it can't be harder than a podcast <laughs> no exactly exactly and for our <laughs> listeners um who might have seen john lou last week standing outside broussard with his new do he got Ooh. a haircut he did get a haircut he does not <laughs> resemble eric carlson any longer <laughs> <laughs> I was so excited when I saw that and that's the first thing that I thought of um, John is like oh that hair at a metal concert oh yeah yeah. Well, I yeah. thought you were going to say Eric Carlson <laughs> no, but the long hair does I, the long hair suits you I think yes it I'm really a, does I'm, I'm a fan it's thank like you thank you Beth then. the way yeah, it was kind of billowing in the wind <laughs> uh, well, it does present a little bit of a problem in outdoor shoots for sure. Yeah. Right. I have to be standing with the wind blowing in the right direction. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So my cameraman, Wayne, and I had to take special care for the angle because there was a bit of a breeze at Broussard that day. But it's not so much of an issue now that I got uh, the lock shorn. Yeah. So. <laughs> it was That's great. Awesome. It was great. Yeah. Well, no, none of the we bosses said, John, get a haircut. Uh, but the problem was is that all the, the stylists here in Quebec were not allowed to go back to work until the middle of June. And the right. thing was, I was, I was supposed to go for a haircut the day that the pandemic hit. And so basically that was three oh. months. Oh. Yeah. And I hadn't gone for a cut in three months. So basically what you saw on air uh, last week was six months of growth, almost six months. Some great genes. Yeah. Well, you know, Asians, we uh, most I'd say most of or a lot of us will not go bald. No, because our hair is pretty much indestructible. So. <laughs> I did a little not I did some research a while back because my mom, like I said, she's a big fan of yours. And she asked me some question about you. And I did some Googling and I've seen your parents and they were beautiful people. Well, thank you, Beth. Thank you. <laughs> yes. That's very kind of you to say. Yes. So you they definitely bestowed some of that upon you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> the apple did not fall far from the tree. Not at all. Not at not all. at all. And on that. Uh, yeah, I guess we gotta go now. 
Now John, we're now we've embarrassed embarrassed John. John. <laughs> John, thank you so much for thank coming on the so podcast. Uh, oh, it was, my was a lot of fun. And oh uh, yeah, always always a great time with y'all. That's yeah, uh, we always we always yeah. look forward to everything that you give us with, with the haves, be yes. it on Twitter, be it on uh, live, and uh, it's 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 a great joy to have you in the industry and with the team. Thank you. That's that. I really appreciate that, Dave. And, and it's a labor of love. And I hope that the next time I'm on your cast, um, I'll have a lot more yes. concrete stuff to talk about because if they can get into phase three and phase four. Although having said that, um, phase four, uh, chances are the Eastern Conference will play in the West, meaning the Cavs will probably be in Vegas if Vegas is a hub city. So I don't think I'm going to get to go to that. <laughs> I'll probably wow. be reporting games from watching them on TV. So, <laughs> well, we'll see. But uh, yeah, because of the border closures there, it's uh, right. It's probably yeah. questionable whether whether uh, media or how much media would be able to to cross. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Again, everything's fluid, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, yeah, not, uh, crossing my fingers for you too. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks. Absolutely. And for thanks, our listeners, John. thanks for listening. And thank you. Bye. 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 <laughs>